TV shows all over CakeNet. Um, he's very, very famous. He, uh, he actually advertises Mexican, I think, chili burgers with a sombrero on. You may have seen him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome up on stage uh, a wonderful talent, the incredible Skulk Poseidon Note. She see money all around me. I, uh, I tend to start these things um, by doing what I, I like to call first date questions, which are the questions I ask people when I go on first dates with them, ma'am. Um, so, you know, just, they're the icebreakers. They're the ones that kind of, you know, that make this less awkward and uncomfortable. Although I think awkward and uncomfortable is your brand, am I right? Not at all. Not at all. Are no. you smooth and sexy? Is yes, that, that is. <laughs> I've that... never made someone feel uncomfortable in my life. Well, it's happening now. Except for this lady. <laughs> trying to eat her. What are you eating, ma'am? You're not sure? Okay. We should check that There's out There's a quickly. ringing endorsement. You might have listeria and you don't even know it. <laughs> Good. Um, this is very important, Skulk, so please take these as seriously okay. as you possibly, possibly can. Uh, what's the weirdest thing you've ever masturbated to? Um, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to say if, well, that was, would have been the first masturbations of my life. Okay. Would be FTV. You know fashion TV? Okay. When they, because they used to have these see-through chiffon, <laughs> chiffon toppies. And then also, have you ever tried in an FHM and move the lady's hair off the nipples? <laughs> you know, when it's just covering the nipples and you're like... <laughs> And after a while, you realize this is a picture. It's not going to change. Listen, listen. I'm not judging you. As a person whose first masturbation was to a picture of Storm in an X-Men comic, I'm, I'm not judging <laughs> at all. Mine was to Storm, but the MTN Gladiator. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, not, not granite then. Eh? Not granite then. No, not no. granite. <laughs> I was granite. Okay, good. Rock hard. It was a pun. <laughs> This I is also be so shouted, awkward when I see I also him. shouted, Gladiator, are you ready? <laughs> and my penis went, yes! <laughs> you see, people, people mock me when, when they see my questions, when they hear my first day question. Look what happened. Look what well, happened to him. After Look I came, I would too. just gift myself airtime. <laughs> Which TV characters do you most want to be friends with? Which TV characters? Yeah. I think uh, the Care Bears. Uh-huh. Maybe that's just because I'm feeling very sick and down at the moment. Oh, so yeah. I would love to. Yeah, because that's I the thing. If, you, if you're really sad, yeah. like, you've got a Care Bear friend, that's sorted. No better. You, would you be worried that you'd start to huff your Care Bear friend? Whenever that's you were sad, you'd just start to be like, fire the belly, fire the belly. <laughs> like, I'm really low, man. <laughs> this is just for 80s for like, kids. <laughs> Have you ever been arrested? Ever arrested? Ever arrested, yeah. No. I once, um, I can't 
I've, I can't believe I got away with this, but I, I drove through a roadblock, like raced through a roadblock um, in Cape Town because uh, I was drinking with my friend at the big house I was staying in. And he said, can you go drop me at this bar with my other friends? And as I was driving back, I got pulled over. And as you know, in Cape Town, you can't bribe if you okay. test positive. It's, it's I didn't over. know that. So and I just realized I'm way over the limit. There's no way I can even try and bribe. And I pulled over, and just before my car came to a stop, I just put foot and just drove away. <laughs> and then I, my go- I went to the flat of my girlfriend at the time. And, and then the whole time I was so paranoid, like looking through the window, as yeah. if the Metro police were going to swing through with ropes, like in the movies, like, <laughs> like the FBI, like, like with a helicopter and a spotlight yeah. and everything. Eventually I was just like, it's the Metro. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to swing through and, the and window. And now you've become so arrogant that you'll talk about it. On a podcast. Yeah, no, there's no way of them proving it. I'll say it's a gag. It was, it was a joke. I'm a comedian. Yeah, Constable Blakey's <laughs> knows who you are. That's a... Uh, what's the one thing... Okay, so this is, this is a question I ask myself all the time. Because, okay, so Poloni is made out of, like... The whip, a- whip anuses and, the, and lips and hooves and whatever. And the eyeballs. And then, yeah, and then you eat that, right? Like, you yes. eat that and it's delicious. Yes. And then uh, somebody one day was eating that. Was eating, like, the assholes of horses and, and hooves and lips and stuff. Yes. And they thought, you know what this could really use is garlic. Yes. It's the one thing that would improve this experience. And then they added garlic, and now that's a thing. Yes. Now, like, more garlic bologna is sold than, I don't know, beef burgers. I'm making... What is the one thing you would put... In Poloni to make it better? I think pink Nesquik. Okay. <laughs> because it's, you got the color, it's yeah. there. And I think often when I eat Poloni, which is very often, my first thought is this isn't sweet enough. Okay. This isn't sweet enough, and it reminds me of my childhood, but also not enough. Okay. So, so, then, wait, so, like whipped, whipped so then I want those sad times during break. And those happy times as the only child at home to be combined. Poloni sandwich <laughs> and pink Aussie milk. <laughs> oh, your childhood sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's, talk about you. let's talk about your childhood. Are you circumcised? Yes. Okay. Uh, I would... I wasn't traditionally circumcised. Oh, you did it yourself? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> a lot of Afrikaans people in the audience went traditionally. We don't... Okay. Did All we right. miss out on something? It's not... I don't mean traditional as in like you go up in the... We don't have like you go up into the berg and then you... <laughs> we don't have... Um, okay. I just mean not at birth. Okay. I got circumcised when I was 13. Okay. Um, I've never actually told like, this. Like in a hospital, right? In a like hospital. In, okay. It wasn't a day. Um, <laughs> that's what you're implying. I've never actually told this story, but um, I... You know when you... Okay, this might get graphic. Is that fine, Tani? Are you finished your meal? <laughs> Do you have a son? You see, you, see, you also taught, taught this to your son. So, when, Izzy. So, okay, so you won't know this, but when... Someone Can I just stop you? Was, was fashion TV involved at any point? No, no, no. Okay. Unfortunately, that would have been a cool story at least. <laughs> yeah. No, um, when you are not circumcised, your parents teach you that you have to pull back 
Okay. Full, you know. My, my parents just, didn't go into a lot of details with how to treat my dick. I'm not, <laughs> like, I, I, hey, hey, Warren, I thought of something else. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm just going to talk about all adults, okay? okay? Pull back. I'm just going to talk it like, about it like it's science. Okay. It is okay. kind of, you know. You have to pull back your foreskin because it gets dirty mm. in there. You mm. know what I mean? Things gather, so you have to... It is. So what you, sort of things? Like, like, like cigarette butts? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> toys. <laughs> You know, like a, you know, like a, the those um, kiria, those kin, oh, kin, kinder, kinder, kinder egg. eggs. And you Sometimes crack you like, you like, oh, there's a, there's a he-man army doll man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have to pull back. So okay. I, that was my every time I showered, you know, I pull back my foreskin and I wash because okay. my parents taught me that's how you have to do it. Otherwise, your penis is gonna fall off. That's what they told me. <laughs> okay. So one night I did it just like all the other nights. And it didn't want to go back. Okay. Didn't go back. And I pulled and I tugged and it didn't go back. Is that what you told your dad? You were like, no, it just, it, the foreskin won't go back, dad. I like, promise. <laughs> I'm telling the story of our circumcised. Do, do you think I would tell this story, but I'd be too shy to say I was masturbating. Okay, I right, would say enough. if I was masturbating. Fair enough. Okay. I wasn't. Fine, fine. So <laughs> I tried to p- pull it back. It didn't want to go back. But remember, I was 13. Okay. I was going to go ask my mom. Mm. Help me. Okay. <laughs> so, I decided I'm going to go to bed. Okay. It will be fine in the morning. I don't know how. It would just be fine in the morning. Well, I mean, it had always gone back before. I don't, yeah, it, 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 it never happened. Yeah. I put soap, I try and like slip it back, whatever. Yeah. Didn't happen. So then, I went to sleep. Next morning, it had swollen up. It looked like my... Penis was wearing like a chupi, like it was learning how to swim. <laughs> a poly otter. It looked like my penis had a poly otter on. So, then, and it was blue. Okay. The skin part. Uh huh. And I couldn't touch it. And I would literally scream when I thought, I go to my mom. I say, Mom, take me to the hospital. She's like, Why? I'm like, Just take me to the hospital. She says, I'm not just going to take you to the hospital. Like, you have to tell me what's wrong. So, I. Like, kind of flashed. Like, flashed it. And and she went, oh, my God! That's all she needed to see. I don't even think she took it in. She just saw blue, and she's like, whoa, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I just saw, but you need to go to the doctor. Took it to the doctor. Um, I say I took it. Like, I went to the... Yeah. I didn't, like, take it to the... <laughs> Put a little leash, the leash on it, yeah. and I took it to the doctor. Um, so, I took it to the doctor. The doctor said, you need to get circumcised. What he said, what happened overnight was like blood had rushed in there and it had swollen up. Mm. And he said, what I can do is I can squeeze it out and pull it back. And I said, that you can't even Sounds touch it nice. with, a, with a feather. <laughs> okay. So I go, I go to the hospital and then they said, we're going to have to circumcise you. And then I started crying because, I mean, I was in quite a conservative Afrikaans school. We weren't open-minded. We didn't know about the, the world out there. So I didn't know that a lot of people in the world are circumcised. Okay. Because like when you go on camps and stuff, you shower with other boys and you, all you see is uncircumcised penis, penises, peni. And <laughs> I thought I was going to be a freak. I was like, I'm going to be this freak without a foreskin. Yeah. I didn't know it was a common thing. So I was like crying. I was like, oh my word, I'm going to be a freak. It was going to be like, no, foreskin, no, foreskin. Like tease me. Not knowing it's actually a normal thing. So then 
the guy said, look, I'll try and save it. I'll try and save it. I said, please, if you can. He said, what do, what do I do if I can't save it? I said, then do what you need to do, doc. Then woke up, looked underneath. There's a little, looked like a girl going to a festival, like a little flower crown around. And it was off. Then I couldn't go to school. Well, I had to go to school the next day, but I was walking like, yeah, you know, like this. Yeah, yeah. And I had to wear boxes. Remember, like the Tasmanian, those silky, right. stiff boxes. Right. To wear that. Um, and also, that is also 13. That was at the height yeah, it's just of my you're... masturbation career. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was, you know, like a few times a day. I really, I'm so sad for, for older men who let themselves go from that point. Yeah. Yeah, where they just stop masturbating as much as they did no, when I they were mean, 13. <laughs> yeah, so then, now, then we went on holiday, and also I'm an only child, nothing to do on holiday. What did I normally do? Whip out the <laughs> FHM. <laughs> but now, and then and like, I I'm, imagining, I'm imagining that at your school, you used to swim in Speedos. Could all the other boys tell? Were you afraid of that? What? Could, you, could all the other boys tell... That you'd been circumcised. Oh, no, no, we didn't. I think by 13, the Speedo thing had oh, really? kind of oh, faded. Oh, lucky. Bilabong was in then. I'm, I'm that crucial couple years difference, like older. That yeah, that Speedos. I was Speedos for also, life. Also, our school didn't have a pool, so. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> have you ever shot a gun? Let me finish at your school. At no, my... I mean, no, have you ever <laughs> shot a gun? A real gun? Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever shot in a... Is that, a, is that the past of shots? Oh, no, shot is... Shot, shot is the past. Shoot is shot. Of, of shoot, I've yeah. never shot a gun. Gun. Okay, well, that, that question was, was successful. I've shot like a BB gun. Okay. But you're, you're Afrikaans. I've shot Surely, like a Adida. But like, you're Afrikaans. How did you manage to get through like, your whole childhood and not shoot anything? Uh, not having friends. I okay. guess that was the easiest... So that's, that's weird. That means that no, I'm joking. Afrikaans had, people are the opposite to Americans. Because in America, it's the I kids mean, without friends who shoot everything. I mean, I, I don't think there's that many Afrikaans kids that shoot real guns. If there are, please stand up and come take over the podcast because then you've had a more interesting... No, pallet guns is a big thing. Okay. Pallet guns is a big thing. Um, I think... And crackers. Blowing, like putting a cracker in a pampoon and running away and then like it blows up. Okay. <laughs> but that was just because we were uh, rebels, anti-Steve Hoffmeyer. Okay. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> take that pampoon, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm beginning to see how you got into comedy. So no friends, ostracized, <laughs> the only circumcised boy in your class. Like is that, is that the thing that you blame for getting into comedy or what was the moment that you remember? Now, when I say to you, what's the thing? It got you into comedy. There's something that came into your head. I think probably not doing sports. Because the sport in Afrikaans schools, the first team of any sport, the first cricket team, the first tennis team, the first rugby team, those are the cool guys. Yeah. They're the guys that get all the girls and, and they're the cool group. And I think the only way for like a non-sport child to get into that group is if they keep you on as their personal um, little jester, you yeah. know? And that's also, like, a nice way to get girls to speak to you because you're, like, the funny friend. 
Okay. <laughs> you but know? now you, you actually got and into... And then also the sports guys have to be nice to you because the girls are friends with you. And if they are mean to you, then the girls go, eh, you mean to our friend. So that is not how I experienced any of school whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I had lots of like girl friends. Not okay. girl friends, girl friends. So then the rugby guys would suck up to me because then I have to go put in a good word with Mariska. Right. You know? Okay. <laughs> was Mariska the hot one? Mariska was the hot one. I actually had a thing with Mariska. Uh, Mariska van Rooyen. I hope she's listening to this because me and you, Mariska, me and you are still dating. Actually, you don't know this because <laughs> Mariska and I never broke up. Okay. We never officially broke up. She just started seeing someone else, and I arrived at school. I was like, okay, I guess. But we never said, we never said, we are done. And she's married now, and I don't know if her husband knows (laughs) that she is still. And that is a disclaimer. I said, every new relationship I get into, like my current girlfriend, first date, listen, I'm still in a relationship. This is not, this is not. We haven't seen each other since (laughs) 2003. We've only held hands. Well, look, We've I'd done the tango. That's why I asked her out tango lessons. Because we did tap dancing together. And <laughs> then my parents were like, you should do tango together. Wow. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize human beings could be stereotypes. Um, <laughs> so then you, you got into comedy because you studied drama, right? So you were like, I don't get beaten up often enough doing tap dancing. I'm going to go and study drama, right? <laughs> I thought tap dancing was cool. Okay. I don't know why the other kids in school Can didn't think it, it was cool. Can you still tap dance? No, not really. I, okay. I, I quit. If you'd said yes, I was going to make you do no, it. No, no, I quit in yeah, end of grade seven. Because yeah. I went to go watch tap dogs. Did you ever watch tap dogs? Like early 2000s, they came to South Africa like twice. They do this thing where they're like tap in water. And Michael Flatley was my hero. Okay. Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. Like yeah, well, he, I mean, if you were into dance at all... He was your lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know why the other kids didn't think it was cool. What was nice, though, is I, I saw boobies earlier than all the other boys because the, I you think the, the other, no, 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 the other, the girls who did tap, we were only like two boys in class. They didn't see us as boys because okay. we wore sequins as well. <laughs> so at the, at the dancing competitions, they would just get changed in front of us. Still feel proud of that. <laughs> I just pulled up my sleeve like I'm this legend. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the rugby guys didn't see boobs that early. No, I'm sure they didn't. No, I'm, I'm sure they didn't. I hope they didn't for our sakes. Um, no, so then you got into comedy at university, right? You did it was, was part of your course, or it was no, it. Uh, my first gig, I don't consider my first gig, but it was at, remember when Poppies was Wish okay. in Melville? Yes. And then there was the end of my trick. And I went, it was probably very creepy. I was in my, my school outfit because I thought it would be cute. I thought, like, I need a thing. I'm going to be the guy that does comedy in a school uniform. And I just didn't get what comedy, what it took. Because I did comedy at my school. I did, like, this thing in front of my school where I would make fun of kids in the school. And then when you, because as you know, stand-up, now you have to make it relatable to right. someone from a different social 
background, different culture, different languages. It's easy to make fun in, with, within the school because you can go, oh, don't say that in front of Deirdre. Right. And everyone's like, we know what Deirdre is like. Um, and now you're like, stand-up is different. Yeah, it's obviously different. So I was doing jokes about like matric exams. Some people that, you know, like didn't have that same experience. Maybe someone was in a school in the township. They were like, matric exams didn't look like that in our school. And I just died on my ass. Got like a sympathy clap halfway through because I forgot no, I all my material. I storming wish though. I've got to be honest. No, no. I I, well, the night I... Did they? I think everyone did quite well. Oh, really? I remember, I, that, I that was, was the, sell, was that was the first place I saw Donovan Goliath. Okay. He was headlining that night. Remember, killed. Then after that, I was like, cool, stand up, tried it, thought I'd be good at it, not for me. Then I went to UCT, didn't get into the course I wanted to do. Um, then I just wanted to get on stage in some way. And theater is hard. You can't just walk into a group of actors that do theater and be like, and put me in your play. Um, so this guy on campus wanted to do like a mini comedy shot. Then I gave stand-up another shot, got into it again. And that's, now, now you've done comedy overseas. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the guy who did that comedy show on campus, I think he, he, would, he helped me write my first five minutes. And I still wrote it myself. He would just say, think of this, think of that. And then he'd give an idea and then he'd walk out the room and leave me for 10 minutes and come back and say, show me what you did. And he did, uh, he was then the door guy um, at Purple Turtle in Long Street, that gig that mums used to run. Right. And then he got me a spot there. And then it went well. But I think that once your brain clicks how to write comedy and it's like, oh, that's how a joke works or how you, you do set a punchline. Once your brain clicks, it can't unclick that. And then it just clicked and then it was okay. fine. Yeah. Well, I was, I was saying, I mean, the, the reason I brought up the overseas thing was. Very often, comedians will perform here, and then they'll go overseas, feeling like they're rock stars, and then it doesn't necessarily go like that, or it's no, my, weird. No, my yeah. first overseas gig was in Dubai. Okay. Um, Paul Snodgrass phoned me. He was like, I always do this gig in Dubai. Lovely gig. And at that stage, that was like two years into comedy. So even if people were willing to pay for my flights to Durban, that was like, right. you're going to pay... For me to come there, that's amazing. Um, so the, the thought of someone going, we'll pay for flights to Dubai and a hotel room was like, blew my mind. So I did it. And uh, I don't know if you've been to Dubai. I have. It's not like a, it's like summer. Everyone leaves in summer. I didn't know this. There's no one. Streets are empty. Because it's excruciatingly hot. I arrived at 6 in the morning. I'll never forget it. Walked outside. Feels like 12 in the afternoon, mid-December in Durban. That's, that's there, yeah. 6 in the morning. Um, and I got there, and it was this gig for South African expats. So I go to the gig in the afternoon. I was at the hotel. I feel like we such a small audience. I'm, I might as well tell you this. Try to watch porn in the hotel room, as you do when you're in a hotel. <laughs> Two things you do in a hotel, always, as a guy. Poo with the door open. And you, <laughs> and you watch porn. And then this message came up. I didn't know. This was very interesting. Can't, what, can't, we can't, you can't access this site. Okay. Because pornography is illegal in Dubai. But then there was this option where if you feel that this is an unjust 
decision of ours, please fill in this, please fill in this form and let us know why we made a mistake blocking this site. Have you ever tried like justifying pornography <laughs> to the Arab Emirates? I think government? I know how you lost the end of your cock. Every I I tried. I was like, okay, I can justify this. Because I'm stressed. No, no, no. Because <laughs> uh, it's... I'm not, I'm, did you think if I'm you not did just, I'm just they would visitor. immediately turn it on? Did you think if I, if I come up with a good enough reason, yeah, then the reception will just go, well, fair enough. And then, then it would just be like, thank you, this is a great... Uh, we never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I gave up on that. Had to use my imagination. How oh, shit. I like an animal. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> primitive. Um, and then I had to go to the gig, and the gig was just on this rugby field, all these South Africans... And there's like this little corner in the field, on the field. Now I have just to perform to this field. But everyone's sitting like on fucking camping chairs <laughs> with their feet up on cooler boxes. Because South Africans are South Africans. It yeah, matter, like, no matter you where go. you are. <laughs> so I go to the, the organizer, I'm like, yo, man, this, not, this won't work. But because I was so young at the time, I was like 21, I think. He was like, just trust me. It will be fine. I'm like, it won't. This won't work. I promise you. And there's like a Brian competition that's going on at the back. <laughs> Guys making noise. Fucking good. Darren's playing. And I'm like, it won't work. Please, please. Let's just get, fi- even if it's 50 people, just to sit in the front, just to gather a small crowd. Just help me. And he says, okay, cool. But now he doesn't want to be the doist that goes up to people and says, move. And he doesn't yeah. want to be the party pooper. So I'm watching him and he's just kind of like, sort of just chatting to people, but not asking them to move. So I decide, fuck it. I'm just going to go to people, and I'm like, hey, please, will you move? Comedy just works better if everyone's, like, nice and together. And everyone's, like, South Africans. You know, it's like, typical yeah. South Africans. They just go, Max said no lacquer. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just like, okay. And I just said to the guy, I'm going to go die. Watch me die. And I just want you to watch this so you can see that I was right. I think I had to do 20 minutes. I got to like 10, 15, literally couldn't anymore. These kids running around, like literally running around behind me, yeah. playing while I'm trying to perform. Eventually, I started running from group to group. Just for, If it looked like someone was paying attention, I'd like just focus my energy there. <laughs> then we went back to the hotel. Gig was absolutely terrible. I think the people in the... Broadcast, I mean, obviously, you went back to the hotel with a lot of ladies, right? Because... Would, no, no. Did you wish you'd stayed in tap now? <laughs> <laughs> some of the, some of the, like, some of the people from the field now, the fucking, it was for Heritage Day, of course, 24 September. Yeah. So we go back to the hotel and people are buying me beers, I think, because they felt sorry for me. And then the, there were these guys sniffing benzene <laughs> out of a plastic bottle. Because... <clears throat> Alcohol in Dubai is already like, you can only get it at a hotel. And there were a bunch of guys that wanted to do drugs. This one guy said to me, yo, man, drugs in Dubai, like, you, you don't find drugs in Dubai. So that's why we sniff benzene. It's the closest we can get to a high. So I just went to bed. I was like, these guys are sniffing benzene. I'm not. <laughs> those, are, those are by no means your weirdest fans, though. There's, there's people you've met that are weirder than that. There's not even a... Yeah, like, they, they, they weren't fans. They were just, they were just people, guys they there were just sniffing people, benzene uh, in your hotel. Yeah, the one guy 
put it under my nose. I was like, what's this? And then I felt lightheaded for five seconds. I just got to go and lie down for three days. I was like, where did you go wrong in your life when you are (laughs) sniffing benzene from an inner jade bottle on a rooftop in Dubai? So judgy, Skulk, for saying that. Now, I've had weirder fans. I had this, my weirdest one, um, I have material about this, this interaction, but this guy asked me, he said, my go- he messaged me on Facebook. He said, my girlfriend's a big fan. Will you help me propose to her? So I said, yes, of course. So he said he lives in Kempton Park. I said, oh, my word, I live in Kempton Park, or used to. My parents are still there. That's what I meant. And often when I'm in Joburg for shows, I come to stay with them in Kempton Park. So I said, I'll go t- to your house. I remember it was 21 April because the day before my birthday last year and I went there and the gate opened and he sent me this message like when you're outside hoot once and it was just weird I was like are we fucking robbing a bank or <laughs> or proposing to a girlfriend and these two dogs you know when dogs are just fucked like when white people just keep their dogs alive for way too long okay I do know that you know when know. you like I know, stop, I know what you mean stop medicating the yeah. thing he wants to go <laughs> and this small little dog in front looks like fucking Simba on tick, okay? It's running towards the car. I'm thinking I should just do this guy a favor and put my car into first and just <laughs> down this driveway. And then he takes me, first he takes me to the back. They've got like this built-on flat that they hire out to this old man. So he just shouts like, I win! <laughs> it is skulk! And he doesn't move. And I'm like, I think that man has died. But uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Let's just go into the house. And then he takes me on like a tour of the house. It's like, like you know, Afrikaans guys often have a part that's built onto the house. Okay. You can see the, like the naked brick and the cement's all fucked up, you know. And they've got a name for it. He's like, this is Wesley's Palace. This is Wesley's Palace. And there's like a pool table and a dartboard and a puzzle with a big five on it. And... <laughs> Like, was his name Wesley, or was Wesley the guy you were coming to visit? Wesley, was it no. just called Wesley's Palace, which was like a bar? Wesley's Palace, because that's the part he's built. Okay. He said, the rest of the house is Catalan's. Okay. This is Wesley's Palace. Okay. So, then he takes me around the house, and I bought champagne. Because I'm like, it's a big occasion. Shame, it was actually her, sec- she's been divorced. So, it's his first engagement. Okay. She's a bit like, eh. been there done that (laughs) got the ring gave it back Um, so then he's very excited and I bought champagne I took off the wire and the foil and I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that so we're in our chatting making small talk champagne goes off goes everywhere I feel bad I say Wizzy please can I go back to the to the bottle store and get more champagne he said it's fine Caroline has champagne in the fridge this story is 100% true, by the way. Like, that's what, this is also one of my favorite jokes in my show. I just want to say that for context because I feel like it's the only joke in my show that I literally have not added one detail for comic okay. purposes. Like, it's all... So, anyway. You um, haven't met her yet, though. No, she's not there yet. Okay. I'm getting stressed because she's not pitching and I'm starting to go to a dark place in my mind because I'm starting to think like what if Wesley's the super fan and there is no Caroline he's going to make you wear his mom's dress yes and right. he's going to like lock me up and rape me or something you know Yeah. this is our bedroom <laughs> <laughs> then forever I'm just like his weird joke gimp 
with like a, a dog collar on, yeah. chained to the bed. <laughs> Tell the story about circumcision. <laughs> when I was 13, and I couldn't pull it back. And he's like, boy, and he puts the rubber ball back in my mouth. <laughs> so then, so then, eventually, I say, Wesley, what's the plan? This, he said, he says, I haven't really thought about it. Okay. I'm like, dude, we need a plan. You, you, she can't picture, and then we're standing here. So he says, well, the, he's had this thought. She walks in. I'm in the kitchen making coffee. That's what he says. You're in the kitchen making coffee, Skulk. I say, okay. Where are you? He says, I'm hiding. <laughs> <laughs> then I say, okay. And he says, then I come out. I'm holding two cups of coffee. The ring is in the coffee. I was like, I was like, okay. But now you must understand, Warren, like, it's Wesley's big day, so I don't want to put too much pressure on him. Right. I don't want to say, do this, do that, and then he goes or with this. Or that's a terrible idea. All that, and then yeah. at the end he feels that he didn't really want to do what he... Okay. I want him to feel like he did what he wants to do. Right. But I'm like, um, yeah, you know, it's not a... It's tricky because coffee's brown and she's not going to see the, the ring. And then we're going to awkwardly sip coffee for an hour until she <laughs> sees the ring. And then it's going to be like full of coffee and it's right. just not... And I said, I'm just going to make one suggestion. Let's do your plan. Let's replace the coffee with champagne. Champagne's a romantic thing. And he said, okay, cool. And then before she arrived, I said, one more thing. So she, you say she's a fan. She's going to recognize me. Um, what do I say if she goes, oh, my words, Skulk, why are you in my house? Like, what do I, why am I there? And he said, while well, you're doing a show um, in Kempton Park in in May, which, is, which was true. I was doing right. a show at my old high school. And he said, so you can just say that you brought some flyers to the house because I messaged you and offered to distribute them at my work. And I was like, okay, let's do that. So eventually she arrives. But this time the dogs have died. Okay, they did. <laughs> um, she arrives. I'm in the kitchen pouring champagne. She sees me. She goes, I'm oh, it's cold. Why in my house? I go, well, you know, I've got that show in a few weeks. My old school. So I brought some flyers that Wesley offered to distribute at his work. And then I decided to have some champagne <laughs> from your fridge. And then Wesley comes out. <laughs> And this is the moment he decides to cuck himself. Because the whole time I was wondering, like, why is this dude so calm? He's, like, proposing to his girlfriend. By the way, he's wearing, I forgot to say this, but he's wearing shorts and slops <laughs> when I got there. And then at, at some stage I said, are you going to propose like that? And he said, oh, no, you're crazy. I'm going to go change. And I said, okay, thank God, because, like, you're wearing T-shirt and shorts and slops. Then he comes back wearing the same, but just with closed shoes. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, that is so Kempton. Like, <laughs> shorts T-shirt with slops, informal. Shorts T-shirt with closed shoes, formal. Um, so then he comes out of champagne. This is, I don't think he, like, really registered that he's proposing. Then he came out, um, starts to panic, gives her the champagne, doesn't say a word, just like this creepy smile on his face. 
She takes the champagne. She's like, oh, thanks, Wesley. And she does, he doesn't say anything. So he starts sipping champagne. I want to shout, like, look, at, look in the glass. But she's not expecting to see a ring. Or she's not expecting a ring at all because they've only been together for, like, nine months. And she thinks now that he's organized a threesome with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like a swingers. <laughs> so eventually he decides he's going to swap their glasses because then she has a better visual if he's holding the one with the ring. But once again, doesn't say anything. Just swaps the glasses. She's just, I can see in her face, she's really confused. At this point, I'm thinking we should have just gone with the fucking coffee, right? Then he decides eventually to get the, to put his fingers into the champagne to get the ring. But he can't reach the bottom of the glass because the champagne flute is longer than his fingers. Now it's just like this. <laughs> like... like looks really bad. And then he's like in the champagne and then he decides to down the champagne and the ring actually goes into his mouth, takes it out, um, goes on one knee, says, Caroline, will you marry me? Long story short, she said yes and then they raped me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. That's, <laughs> that, that's what I say in, the, in my joke. But um, no, she said yes and it was actually quite sweet and stuff and I stayed for some champagne. Um, he, she showed me her tattoos. We got to that that point where eventually he's like Leafy weiss from your tattoos <laughs> then she unbuttons her shirt I was like oh fuck and then she shows me on her right shoulder who is Afrikaans here like I just want to like get an idea okay but for the non-Afrikaans people do you know who Snortkop is? F- eh? do you know who Snortkop is? yeah so she has this big tattoo on her shoulder that says Snortkop it's an easy mistake to make. Snot corp, scalp is it? Well, huge says snot corp, but it's like a, his signature. And I kid you not, she, I go, so how did you end up getting snot corp signature tattoo? She goes, she went to the Boxburg flea market. Snot corp performed. She watched. She loves him. She asked him to sign her shoulder. Sounded big, huge. She said, I'm going to get this tattooed. He was like, good luck. <laughs> You're never going to do that. Next morning, didn't bath. Went straight to the tattoo parlor. She said, tattoo over this. And it's like the proudest achievement of her life. She tells me, I was in the Eisgenut and everything. <laughs> she was. They did a piece on pe- but crazy on, fan tattoos. And she's in the Eisgenut for a massive snorkel tattoo. That is her boyfriend just organized her favorite comedian to be there and proposed to her. And then after that, she told you the story that this was the best moment of her life, was the Snotkop. Look, I wasn't offended. Um, Snotkop is, a lot of people don't know, he was a quite a star, Lechua. Yes. Um, and if you actually YouTube Lechua, he's, he's badass. He used to rap in like fluent Sutu. Before your head disappears up Snotkop's ass. That's all we've got time for, ladies and gentlemen. Sculpt was a note. Thank you.